Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. We got the trio back this week. We got Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. I'll start with you, Rusty. How nice is it to uh, be spending this morning in some AC? Oh, my gosh. After last week, I, I, I bit off a little more than I could chew. Um, obviously mixed in a Motley Crue and Def Leppard concert, which was about 3,000 degrees until at one point it wasn't. It was a downpour. But, uh, you know, you go to Cochrane, Georgia, um, I actually rode over, saw Jake Gaines, former Georgia linebacker, uh, and asked me to come by and see his practice and got some players there at Moody High School doing a great job there. And uh, seven on seven Friday, I mean, it was, I told somebody, I said, how did it feel? I said, it felt like Baghdad. I mean, I haven't been, but I can guarantee it that that's what it felt like. Uh, it was hot, steamy, uh, thick. It was on you all day. And uh, it was a long week, but, you know, I got to see some really good players and, you know, I spent some time with uh, C.J. Allen Lamar County. We'll talk about him a little more. But, you know, when you go see these kids and you talk to people around them, that's kind of, you know, you kind of figure out who these people are and how they're wired. And so last week, you know, saw a lot of players and uh, some guys that will be names to know for Dogs 247 in the future. Kip, uh, digging that Braves hat, coming off a big win last night. How's this Whew. Tuesday morning treating you? Man, I, that one was a stressor. I aged about five years in that game last night, but uh, it's exciting when it when it turns out to be a win. But uh, yeah, uh, it it looked real hot out there. I tell you, I mean, just uh, letting the dogs out, just opening that door, uh, it, it hits you right in the face. So I've been watching the dogs in the backyard instead of uh, going on the back deck. But yeah, it is. Uh, Goodness. Uh, I know that my power bill, I, I I don't even want to think about it right now. It's, uh, you know, we might have to do a couple more of these podcasts a week just to uh, just to, to keep that AC running. But uh, it feels good, man. And yeah, it's good to get these in, done early earlier in the day. We'll probably be a, a couple beads of sweat going down our face. We're doing this two or three o'clock. So and, uh, you know, the, the Georgia coaches aren't doing what we're doing. They're not relaxing. And, you know, they, they got recruits on campus every day. This is uh the the no off season in college football is 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 more true for them than anyone, and uh, you know for for them it sounds like it's paying off right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. It has been a very busy week. Three commits in the last five days for Georgia: five star cornerback AJ Harris got a kicker Peyton Woodring, and then they picked up the four star linebacker CJ Allen on Monday night. Uh, let's just start generally, Rusty, with how big these three commits were for Georgia and just, you know, if there is kind of momentum coming off of that, uh, what was a very big week for them on the recruiting trail? Position of need, you know, a lot of a lot of, a lot of humor in the kicker part, and uh, I enjoyed teasing that up when I text Kip, said they're getting a kicker. I think uh, that's probably the longest lap I've seen Kip send on a text message in a while. He knew, he knew the uh, significance of that, but, uh, you know, you look at position of need and uh, C.J. Allen's a guy that in-state, and, and I mentioned a little bit about him being wired different. This kid is, you know, I don't want to put the first round label on him, but man, like the Nick Chubb, Roquan Smith, like no nonsense type kid that just really dug into his community and and just uh, just wired different is the best way to you know say this. And, and loves football a hell of a lot more than he does recruiting. Uh, and and that and that this day and age, that is a very good trait to have. Um, called me out of the blue yesterday. I was with my wife and family at the pool for a few minutes, snuck in a little bit of time. And when he called and said, hey, man, um, you know, I'm committing tonight, I was like, oh, okay. So uh, I left my wife. She had another car. I was gone. 
Uh, talked to Kip, wrote the story, and that was that. But you look at A.J. Harris, uh, Jordan, you're familiar with him in that area and coming over now into, into a Central High School. And uh, this is a young man that I felt, I think Kip probably felt the same way. We thought when Georgia offered him, it was a lifelong dream. Uh, you know, he kind of blows up on the national scene. I remember talking to him the night he got the offer, and it was like the, the kid was he was almost shaken. You know, he was so excited about it. But he went through the process, and there was a point in the spring that, that Florida had a, a very good hold on that one. But uh, credit Kirby Smart, credit Fran Brown, Dale McGee, all those guys for recruiting him and staying on him. But in the end, I, I think Fran Brown played a very big role in convincing him he was the guy to develop him I know his dad was very happy with with Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp also being there as DB coaches. So you look at these guys, um, and with Georgia, they're recruiting positions of need. They're not just taking bodies, and these guys have been been on their boards for a while. The kicker obviously had to come, you know, work out for Georgia, earn an offer, and that's the way that, that you know that part goes. And uh, Georgia and Alabama both offered him, and, and Georgia won in the end there. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about AJ. You mentioned Rusty. I had a chance to cover him, you know, when he was in high school. And it's funny when he kind of came on the scene. I remember he was at Glenwood, which is a private school in Alabama. And you'll get a few, you know, big time recruits out of there, but most of it is going to be those public schools, those 5A, 6A, 7As in the state of Alabama. But I remember after his sophomore season talking to his coach at Glenwood, and he was like, man, we got, we got a freak. And, and, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, sometimes you wonder if it's kind of coach speak or they're just talking guys up. I remember looking at his numbers. I mean, he had four or five uh, kick or punt return touchdowns. I mean, they couldn't – nobody could stop him, and he was just a sophomore. And I was like, okay, you know, this guy might be pretty good. And then he went out west, like you mentioned, Rusty, and and he went and, and you know, participated in some of those camps. And all of a sudden, you know, they were talking about him really on the way to being a five-star, which he wound up being. And, uh, you know, he he was just different. I mean, and, and to see him come up the way he did and then, you know, uh, the team he was at, Glenwood, uh, in Phoenix City, was one of the powers in private school. And uh, I think they played for two championships while he was down there. Going to be really excited to kind of follow what he does his senior year because all of a sudden he's switching – uh, tracks and go into central phoenix city uh, which has been a power which is where justin ross who played at clemson where ej williams who's at clemson now have played there's been a lot of talent out of central phoenix city and i think he saw it as an opportunity to hey i want to get better you know i want to come to you know obviously he chose georgia but i think when he transferred it was wherever i wind up i want to be ready to go and uh, i think he's going to get that opportunity from finishing up his high school career at central phoenix city uh, they'll be, you know, state title contenders. It's basically in Alabama in that class seven, a it's been central and it's been Thompson. And, uh, those two teams have really, uh, been the, the, you know, the class of class seven, a, so it'll be a good chance to watch and see what AJ is able to do. Talking about the kicker too. You know, I think that we can't really overstate how valuable getting him is right now with Jack Podlesny being a senior, you know, he, I, I wrote, uh, on Monday, just talking about the return in production. And, and it's a good thing going into this season, you know, that Jack was the only one that uh, kicked any field goals last year. He, you know, he had all the field goal attempts. He had all the PAT attempts. Uh, so you need somebody to be ready to step in whenever he goes on, whenever he moves on. Uh, so I think that's a big pickup as well. And, and then, you know, everything that Rusty has said, you know, and what I've been able to see of CJ Allen, you know, he looks the part. And, and I was talking to some people, 
uh, DMing me last night, just being like, what do you think about CJ Allen? You know, what, what are your thoughts? And, you know, basically what I said is when, you know, when Glenn Schumann and this staff, Kirby as well, I mean, you know, you can maybe poke holes in certain positions. Can you really poke holes in who they want at linebacker? I mean, they've got such a strong uh, reputation, such a strong uh, track record with all these guys they've been able to pull in. And uh, I think that, you know, you have to be really excited if you're Georgia fans and, and what they've been able to add. And, and two, you know, what they may be able to add uh, going forward because we know there's plenty of guys are still after, plenty of guys that, you know, before too long we might be hearing announcements from as well. Um, Kip, just what's your thoughts on these three guys? Anything that kind of stands out uh, or even just, you know, something um, we haven't really hit on with what you've seen with these three? Just overall, just Fran Brown as a recruiter. That was just one of those questions, him coming in from Rutgers. You know, obviously, uh, Georgia has recruited well in the secondary. And uh, I think that was just one of those things where they, people were wondering, will that be, you know, will, will Muschamp move over there? What will they do with that position? And you know, Kirby Smart d does his interviews and, and found his guy and people, you know, a lot of people may not have heard of him, uh, you know, on the on the national stage. But now you look at this secondary class and, you know, when he came on board, people were talking about maybe guys trending in other directions and A.J. Harris being one of those guys. I mean, uh, you know, Florida was the the school there that that had a lot of momentum in his recruitment. And so that was something where Fran Brown came in there and worked on it and got that connection going. And, and, and it's pretty clear that, that AJ saw, uh, you know, the potential to be coached by Fran Brown and, and connected with him as a recruiter as well in that relationship. And so now you kind of look at the secondary with him and, and Justin Rett out of uh, Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, and that's the foundation for a good secondary class. And we know, you know, that that secondary class is not done. When you look at, you know, Daniel Harris, when you look at uh, uh, Chris Pearl, uh, but obviously, Jonel Aguero, a guy that we know is going to announce his commitment next month. And so now you start to look at the pieces together with this potential secondary class. It's got a chance to be really special coming off what, what we look back and look at is, you know, probably the most talented group, uh, a secondary class that Georgia's ever signed in that uh, 2022 class. And this this group has a chance to be really solid, too. And I just think if you start to look forward and, and just look at the, where recruiting is for Georgia right now, you know, them being uh, further down in the, in the class rankings and adding a guy like A.J. Harris and then adding a guy like C.J. Allen, uh, now, you know, now they have the number three class in the country. These were guys that they needed to get. I think C.J. was a guy that being in state, maybe some people just assumed that, you know, it'd be a situation where Georgia was the team to beat. But, you know, Auburn, Tennessee, those are schools that that really pushed for him and, and and tried to get him on board. And they took those official visits and still Glenn Schumann, you know, when he starts to uh, to key in on his guys, uh, he's kind of tough to beat on the recruiting trails. And it, it seems like, you know, he's been at Georgia what six years now he's 32 years old i think and and now he's already got a couple buckus award winners sent three guys in the nfl draft also got tay crowder out there obviously roquan smith he you know he's the same age that kirby smart was when he got to alabama so uh, that kind of just tells you where his you know trajectory is as an assistant coach and again just looking at kirby smart and the guys that he picks out for his coaching staff i think it it 
goes out saying that not only are they probably going to be really elite recruiters, but now it looks like they're pretty good developers of talent as well with guys like Glenn Schumann and Trey Scott. So I just think overall the trajectory for Georgia uh, seems to be going up. And I think uh, there's a lot of recruiting momentum as we start to head to July. I think that that commitment list is just going to grow. And I think, uh, you know, their recruiting ranking is number three right now, whether that moves up or not, we're not sure, but we know just for Georgia, things are going in a really good direction with a lot of really talented players. Yeah, you talked about Glenn Schumann's resume. I mean, even as young as he is, it's it's incredible. I mean, what he's been able to accomplish, the talent, not only that they have brought in, but developed at Georgia, it's been something special. By the way, Glenn Schumann didn't play college football, and, and that was what he got he got dinged on early on, you know, from schools. Like, this guy didn't even play. You know, how's he going to coach you? How's he going to know? Uh, he played high school football. Father, a longtime high school football coach in Texas. Goes to Alabama, becomes a you know, recruiting assistant, student assistant learns a system and you guys both know the very first day that Kirby Smart was hired at Georgia, the very first person he put on the road was a 26 year old Glenn Schumann. I remember going, what, who, who's this guy? So, <laughs> I mean, now you look at him and, and what he's done and, and his, his resume, all, all that negative recruiting has been, been put to the side. No doubt about it. I remember, I think football scoop talking about Glenn while he was at Alabama and sort of him being sort of a, a wonderkind with uh, what he could be when he came to Georgia. And I want to talk to you on something that Kip hit on uh, Fran Brown, you know, when he was hired, I mean, truthfully, I, I had never heard of him. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to Steve Wilfong and Steve just sung his praises, talked about how good of a recruiter he is, how much of a promising young coach, you know, 39, 40 years old that, uh, he is, and I mean, I think we're seeing it with the fact that they've been able to to bring in a guy like AJ, and obviously we'll get to see more of it once we get into the season and how he works with these uh, defensive backs. Uh, but I think uh, you got to be really excited right now across the board uh, with this staff. I mean, with the progress they seem to have been making uh, with this 2023 class, obviously a long way to go, but you have to like where you're standing and Mid-June, being third in the nation and only behind Notre Dame and Ohio State, I'd say that's a pretty good class uh, to be in, but obviously more pieces to pick up. Um, so we're going to take a quick break uh, before we get back into it, more recruiting stuff to talk about, and also a little bit about uh, Stetson Bennett. Welcome back, everybody. Well, I think we kind of would be uh, doing the the people watching a little disservice if we didn't take a question uh, from the chat. Jordan Harris, who uh, has been watching, I think he's on here about every week. Uh, I'm gonna throw it to Rusty, and you can kind of tackle this when he said more more mode. Just uh, what do you see just going forward um, with where Georgia is, and maybe what be what could be coming down the track. Well, Jordan's the reason we have a job because this man is on his he is on his <laughs> he is on his game today. Jordan, well done. Uh, let me know what type of coffee you're having, Jordan, because I, I want a cup of that. You're bringing some juice today, I can tell. Um, you know, it's hard to say with this mo because yesterday was kind of unexpected. Um, you know, CJ had mentioned to me last week that he had set the date July 9th, and he said, "Look, when I get back from Tennessee." I may do something next week. I don't know. So I, I, you know, obviously didn't report that. I was just kind of on alert if he did. Uh, I do think in this July 20, it's June 21st. I think between now and say July the, you know, 11th or 12th around there, I think Georgia's going to see some movement. Um, you know, some guys that are getting closer and some guys that haven't announced the signing day, uh, commitment date yet. 
uh, I, I think there's going to be some movement. So, you know, July, you know, we always talk about, you know, July on, on dogs 247 lasts about 3,000 days. But I expect July to be pretty active. And I wouldn't rule out, you know, maybe one or two, maybe one more this month before it ends. But you just never know how things go. These kids come out. These kids are finishing visits. So, you know, this is the last weekend of officials. And then it shuts down for, I think, what, five weeks, Kip, until the end of July. And then me and Kip start working on the cookouts. That's going to be the next day. Who's coming to that? Who's coming to cookout this week? Who's coming to that? You know, everybody, Florida has one. Alabama has one. Clemson, Georgia, everybody has one. In the past, that's kind of tipped a few things for me. Like, you know, I remember Miles Murphy went to Clemson that weekend instead of going to Georgia and think, wait a minute, okay. And then a couple of weeks later, he commits to Clemson. So uh, little things like that you want to watch toward the end of July. But I do think Georgia's uh, uh, commitment list is going to stay uh, pretty active here for the next couple of weeks, uh, if, if that answers your question, Jordan. And uh, I had one more question, how many wide receivers? I'll, I'll help this one. How many wide receivers is Georgia taking in this class? And I think they would like to take four. I think they would like to take four. It has to be the right mix. But everyone that follows recruiting day-to-day -day knows what Georgia's looking for. And they're looking for dudes and they're looking for guys that can flat out run. Uh, and, and I think, you know, one thing I saw yesterday, Hakeem Williams measured like 212 pounds uh, this this weekend. I mean, you're talking about freaking Andre Johnson right there. I mean, size, because I've seen him in person and this dude is, is lean. He's tall now. And if this guy goes 212 and, and that range 215, I mean, that that's a that's a big time receiver. I think Georgia made some ground there uh, with this one. We'll see where it goes. But, you know, we're, we're talking about wide receivers and how many. I think Georgia could take up to four if they get the right mix. This day and age, you kind of want to leave yourself, you know, you take three and leave yourself some portal room with this one. Uh, but we'll see how, how how it goes. The wide receiver is a definite position to need. And I think everybody that follows it day to day understands that Georgia's looking for guys that can freaking run. They're looking for top end speed and uh, they're looking for, for game changers. Jordan made sure and said thanks all for what uh, we do. Thanks, Jordan, for watching and everybody that's watching asking us questions. We surely appreciate it. Uh, Kip, anything you want to add just on this time of year as far as the recruiting goes? I mean, where Georgia stands and, and sort of like Rusty was just talking about what could be coming down the track. Yeah, if you just check out the uh, the official visit list on Dogs 247, it kind of gives you an idea of maybe where some of the, the guys' timelines are. You know, those those targets are taking those official visits for a reason. And if you click on their profile and they're taking three or four this month, they're probably trying to get this thing done before their senior seasons. I think we're at just kind of the, the day and age where I think high school coaches are probably nudging them in that direction too. You know, they don't want that going into the season if possible. They're not going to force a kid to make a commitment, but their preference would be to get all of that out of the way so they could focus on that, that season. So you just look at which guys are taking their official visits. You can kind of get a good picture of, of, of which guys might be, you know, ready to announce. And we, we talked about it before, how many guys Georgia is getting on campus for official visits this month. It's not normal for us. Obviously, last year with COVID, that was unique, but now we're kind of back into the regular cycle. And yet, you know, Georgia's going to have well over 30 guys on official visits already. You know, they're going to save 15 or 20 for, for the regular season. And, and that'll be some targets that are continuing to take that process down to probably December. But, you know, we got some guys ready to decide. And like Rusty said, uh, the cookout weekend, that's the only weekend you can really have guys in town. And so that's where you kind of have everyone jockeying for a position. Uh, maybe you'll have a school, maybe Clemson or Florida uh, program might be, do something earlier in the week to kind of 
get out ahead of trying to compete with programs to get guys on campus. But everyone's going to be uh, trying to get the guys there during the exact same days. So it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, asking people out the prom. You got to you got to get get it in there and, and, ho- and hope they say yes. And, and which guys say yes, which guys are in Athens will kind of tell you, uh, you know, maybe where Georgia stands for them or, you know, maybe the, they have some more questions that need to be answered. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be really intriguing, but I think, you know, as it stands, Georgia's going to go into the season probably with a pretty good chunk of their recruiting class uh, on board. I mean, they got 12 commitments right now. I mean, I think, uh, you know, getting five or more guys on board of that class would not be surprising. They, they're going to be closer to 20 more than likely. And in this cycle, uh, you know, but, we don't know what that number is. Uh, only Kirby Smart knows if he, even he knows right now just because of, you know, how ro- quickly rosters can change. But if they're going to take 30, 31 guys, they're, they're going to try to get, you know, as many of those guys on board before the season as possible so they can kind of, uh, you know, minimize. You don't uh, – they don't really love – guys coming on board for their official visits during the season. Uh, those game day officials, you know, everyone's always looking for which matchup, which weekend will be best, which games are best to see. But, I mean, obviously for the coaching staff, they're actually, you know, trying to go out there and focus on the game and, and compete. So their preference would be, you know, save it till after the season, that week after the SEC championship game. That was, You know, that used to be a huge week for, for Georgia and recruiting. Uh, you know, now it's it's kind of all over the place. So we'll just kind of look and see. But I, I just think it's really intriguing this cycle, just uh, how many guys are on campus for official visits. I just think the decision process has kind of shifted and it's just really unique uh, for us. You know, so we you know, we're not used to having many guys deciding at all right now. We, we're just used to kind of telling the, the junkyard, hey, guys, these are big boy decisions. The guys at Georgia's recruiting are going to be taking this thing all the way to the end. And, and but now <laughs> there's some major recruits that looking like they're going to be announcing their decisions in the next month. And I think Georgia's in good shape to get a lot of those guys. I want to shout out, hey, it's Tizzle in the uh, chat who said, I feel so guilty watching this at work. Thank God I'm working from home now. Don't feel guilty. We're just keeping <laughs> you guys informed. That's yeah. yeah we're just an extra tab. This we're is an extra tab. This is work. Yes, you're right. You're right, Rusty. Mm. My manager is a UTK uh, fan. He understands. There you uh, go. Uh, you know, another thing that we learned actually yesterday afternoon, kind of switching gears, uh, from the recruiting side, is a big opportunity for Stetson Bennett. He's going to be down in Louisiana as part of the Manning Passing Academy. For people who don't know what exactly that is, uh, it's a camp that is put on by the Mannings, Archie, Peyton, Eli, uh, Cooper as well. Uh, it's a, a a camp for junior high and high school quarterbacks, and with that, uh, they have college quarterbacks come in and essentially act as counselors. Uh, this year, they said that there are 45 counselors. I saw a quote uh, in the story kind of talking about the camp coming up uh, that uh, Archie said that he's getting a little soft in his old age. He's bringing a lot more counselors than he's used to. He's letting a lot of, of uh, the college quarterbacks get an opportunity to go down there. Uh, but, uh, you know, they act as counselors. There's also on Friday a competition with those quarterbacks, those college quarterbacks. Uh, to show off what they got. So Stetson's going to be one of the guys down there. Obviously, uh, the list of names is very, very impressive. Bryce Young, uh, K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. Uh, I'll start with you, Kip. Just what do you feel like this opportunity for Stetson to be down there with? I mean, truly the nation's top quarterbacks just sort of says 
uh, about him and, and just what this sort of, you know, it's kind of an honor to be part of this group, uh, just what it means that Stetson has this opportunity. I just want to see if he shows up just wearing that mailman hat, man. I think he, he's used to this. He's used to just kind of going to a camp and kind of being the, you know, the guy that doesn't have microphones in his face. You know, everyone was not rushing to get an interview with Stetson Bennett when he was out there, you know, on the Nike uh, combine, the elite 11 uh, competition. He, he was, he, he just went out there and, and competed and, and then went home and hopefully hoped that, uh, you know, the film would get to a college coach that someone, the, the word would get out on him. He was just trying to go out and compete and get better and, and try to see what opportunity he can get for himself. And now it's, you know, he's going to show up with a lot of guys that, you know, get the the Heisman odds written about him every week. You know, whether it's Spencer Rattler, the guys you mentioned, Hendon Hooker, uh, you know, I think there's what, 12 uh, SEC quarterbacks out there. So, I think it's just really about him, you know, showing he belongs. I mean, he's he's the quarterback that's showing up that just took his team to a national championship. And I think uh, he's made as many big plays as anyone competing at this camp uh, for, for his team. So I think it's, you know, obviously the, the skills competition, very intriguing. Just seeing how, you know, his accuracy, his, his route throwing versatility, how that compares to the other guys will – have a lot of eyes on it, but I just think for him, it, it's just about, again, just checking off a box of, uh, these people doubted me. These people, you know, didn't think I could get here and, you know, ignoring that noise and just going out and doing your thing. And, and, and this happened, uh, it just kind of shows that, uh, things like that are possible. You know, uh, we, you know, we try to, uh, follow the recruiting rankings and we try to, you know, see who the best players are, it's just sometimes hard to, you know, check off the, the really evaluate that box of want to and, uh, you know, the desire to go out there and, and to push yourself to be the, the best player you can be. I mean, he does have the skill set to play at the college level, but got counted out, you know, because of his size. And yet here he is. And I mean, uh, <laughs> we saw in the national championship game, I mean, he's just as big as Bryce Young. So, uh you know, it's it's just about going out there and showing that you measure up with these guys. And I don't think for him it, it, it really matters. But at the same time, it's just an opportunity for him to sponge off of the other people and, and maybe learn a thing or two and, and kind of uh, see what you can get from from the Manning family. I mean, if you're going to learn from uh, from anyone, that family has probably got as much knowledge of the quarterback position as any we've ever seen. So, Rusty, your thoughts on Stetson getting this? It's time to be selfish for him. This is a personal, you know, personal goal you check off. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett. You know, I would tell him that you know you're not going the driving range and out driving Tiger. You know, do play your game, and he's played his game, and he's won a national championship. And you know, in the second half when Georgia needed him the most, he was seven for seven in those two drives. And and uh, you know, I think I think Stetson Bennett walks in thinking he's six three, and that's what makes him different. You know, I've. I, been around him, um, had him at two MVP camps. He won a, he won a top quarterback at, in Valdosta at a camp we had one time. And I remember thinking, this guy's short, man, I mean, and he can sling it. But, you know, I never thought, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, I, I, this guy's going to be the starting quarterback at Georgia. I never thought that. But I knew early, you know, seeing him that, you know, the ball jumps out of his hand a little better than you think. And then, you know, you put the legs part into it. So for, this is one of those deals that you check off a personal goal. This is an honor for him. And he'll tell his grandkids about this. This is one of those deals for, Good for Stetson Bennett. Go do your thing. Um, it's not a, 
you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a very uh, distinguished invite to go down there and, and be around those guys. So for him, congratulations. I think it's a great opportunity for him. And I know when he gets back, uh, you know, it's go time for him at Georgia. No doubt about it. And I talked about this yesterday on the board a little bit with Stetson. Obviously, he belongs. I think he's earned sure. that invitation. But also, if you're the Mannings, I think it's great to have a quarterback like that in front of these junior high, high school kids. I mean, we mm -hmm. talked about, you know, it's no secret that he was not a highly regarded recruit. And, you know, I think he's a great example for these kids about working hard, about not really, you know, listening to people say, you know, you're not rated or you're rated this, you're rated that. I mean, Stetson just kept working and went to Georgia, obviously didn't earn scholarship, didn't let that, you know, set him back, went to junior college and, and improved and played well. And and we know the story from there. So, I mean, I think, you know, for all sides, I think it's a great opportunity bringing Stetson down there. And, um, you know, I think people will be excited. I think they get started on Thursday down there at Nichols State. I would say if you're a Georgia fan, I'd try to get down there if uh, you're anywhere around there and, and watch them and just see how things go, especially I think that's on Friday when they have that competition. But, uh, yeah, just a, a great honor, I think, for Stetson and one that uh, uh, is worthwhile. And it'll be very interesting to hear, you know, when, once we probably get a chance to talk to Stetson again, which I assume will probably be around SEC media days, uh, just to hear what he has to say about the experience, what he took from it and uh, and what kind of uh, – you know, lessons he got, if any, from from being around some of those great quarterbacks that have been in the sport. Well, guys, I think that just about wraps up today's episode. I appreciate everybody listening, everybody watching. Obviously, a whole lot of stuff to still be talking about. We'll have uh, more stories coming on the board. Uh, be watching out because obviously this is still a very hot time as far as recruiting, and I'm sure that uh, there'll be plenty to talk about. You know, I think right now we're just about a month away from SEC media days, which to me is kind of that point when you know that the season is almost here. But uh, still a lot to talk about, still a lot to discuss. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for everybody for uh, tuning in and asking us questions. Make sure and share the podcast and, and uh, rate it and subscribe to it because uh, a lot of good content and uh, between the podcast and the website, there's plenty uh, to digest and, and make sure you're on top of everything. So we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks for Rusty and thanks for Kip. I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks everybody for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye.